All right, Ephesians chapter 6. And so, let me get there real quick. So in chapter 5, we talked about, we as a group, we talked about the... Um, we talked about marriage and like the relationship between a husband and wife and how it correlates to the relationship that Christ has with his church. And Paul uses marriage as to show a mystery to show that correlation. And it's very true uh, that you know, we take a look at marriage. It is really a type and picture of what the relationship that Christ has with us. Amen. And so uh, we went through that in chapter five, but now we're in chapter six. And so the Apostle Paul then turns his attention. He starts off chapter six. He turns his, his attention to the children. And this is what he says. We'll read here verses one through three. Of Ephesians 6, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. Now, we see here that in verse 2 it says, This is the first commandment with promise. Now, what is that promise? Well, that promise is mentioned in verse 3. That thou thou mayest live long on the earth. Now, I could be wrong. And I have to go go back and look at the Ten Commandments. But out out of all the Ten Commandments, this one is probably the only one that has a promise like that attached to it. But we also see for certainty that this is the first commandment with promise. So that means that up to when you get to honor thy father and mother, there's a promise attached to it. And when we take a look at the law, half of it deal with loving the Lord your God. The other half deals with loving your neighbor as thyself. And we see that Jesus said it's these two that hang all the law and the prophets. And what Jesus did was he took the ten and condensed it into two. Mm-hmm. And rightly so. Right? So, children, obey your parents. That's a big deal. Because we take a look into in today's society, um, how you have, like my generation being raised up and even the generation below it, um, that are troublemakers. They are going around. They have no respect for authority. They don't have any respect for their teachers. They don't have respect for law enforcement. Now, why is this? Well, number one, I think it's because the parents have an obligation to correct their children when they do wrong. So there's probably a lack of correction in the home. Time out doesn't work. Exactly. I think another part of it is is that... Children, they don't respect their parents because either they see something in their lives, they say, why should I do what they say? Which shows that parents have to be an example for their kids. 
they have to be the primary example for their kids. Because you don't want to put them in a position where they're going to get turned off and say, why should I do what you say? Because then they're going to start being rebellious and they're going to start disrespecting you. And if they disrespect you, they're going to disrespect every other authority figure. Hmm. Does it make sense? So uh, it is important that children should honor their parents. And we and we see today that there is there seems to be a. um, There's not much of that going on, it seems like anymore. There's always disrespect and all that stuff, and that needs to change. But that first begins that should really first begin with us because we are called to be light and salt of the earth. So we ought to be an example for the lost and dying world. Um, so again, honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So we see here um, in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So we see that Paul is just reiterating what the law said, what God said in the book of Exodus. Um, Proverbs chapter 6, verse 20, it says, My son, keep thy father's commandment and forsake not the law of thy mother. And Proverbs 23, 22, it says, Hearken unto thy father that, that begat thee and despise not thy mother when she is old. And in Colossians 3.20, it says, Children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing unto the Lord. And finally, in this particular section, in Deuteronomy uh, chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Honor thy father and thy mother, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee, that thy days may be prolonged, and that it may go well with thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. So again, we see what Paul, what we we're, we see from Scripture, what Paul was saying by the promise that's attached to honoring your parents. Amen. And by the way, doesn't matter how old you are, even if they're long gone, you should still honor your parents. And how can you honor your parents when they're long gone? Well, holding fast to what they taught you. From a biblical perspective. See you're never too old to honor thy parents. We're always to honor our parents. Even when they're long gone. This is right in the Lord. Amen. Um, Does anybody have anything they'd like to add or say or comment on that? I think that the internet has ruined these kids. They see what's on the TV now and what's on the movies and what's on that internet and they emulate it. And that's bad. Oh, yeah. And that's why the generations are getting worse. They see what the, you know, the movie stars and all these supposed to be famous people are doing and they want to be just like them. Hey, 100%. I agree 100%. And by the way, parents, you ought to guard your children. Of what they see and hear on the internet, you have to keep you have you have to have that you have to have their hearts, and once you have their hearts, you have to keep that. 
Now, I'm not married, obviously, and I don't have kids, but what I do know is that takes work. Anything that we do, relationships, you know, stuff like that always takes work. But parents have – you have to guard your kids and keep them from seeing and hearing things that is not needful or beneficial to them. And I, I agree. It's And that the biggest influencer of that is Hollywood and music. But you also have to look at the churches. How many kids are in church? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And that's that's another big thing, too. They need to come to church. The sad thing is more than half of them that go to church aren't getting what they need. Exactly. You've got to have that discipline, too. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of parents out there I see today just let their kids get away with whatever. But it's, it's not matter. just parents. You know, a lot, I, I had to say this because I grew up in this church, and when I was a kid, if my mother didn't see me doing something, and Mariella saw me doing something, she would get me. Mm-hmm. Or even Brother Robert was our pastor then. Now he would actually call out the kids and say, hey, you need to, y'all need to quiet down or whatever. It wasn't just the parents themselves. It was the church as a parent. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I agree. Brandon, yeah. Read that next fourth verse. You're going to find out it ain't only the kids. It says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And that's important. How many fathers today is doing that? Not very many. They're, They're falling way behind. Oh, yeah. Well, and we have the older, the, the, the parents have a responsibility to pass down the word of God to their kids. Because if that doesn't happen, they're going to raise up rebellious. They're going to raise being, you know, they're going to raise up, you know, being raised up thinking they can do whatever they want. How many kids grow up in a home where drugs are stuff like that? The dad is he's doing that. And he's not in church. He's not nothing. Mm-hmm. And what are they looking at? My, my son the other night was talking about his daughter and our little girl. She's 10. And she they were arguing. And, and she was, and I told Daniel, I said, do you remember me and you arguing? I never argued with my kids. I said, what you're going to do, they knew they were going to do it. Mm-hmm. If I didn't correct them, their daddy was going to correct them. I said, y'all never, I didn't argue with you. I said, I was the figure that set the rules. I mm-hmm. said, tell her to quit arguing with her. Tell her this is the way it's going to be, and if you don't mind me, then you're going to be disciplined. But she's grow- she's growing up where they're saying, don't whip your kids, you know, don't. So she tries to reason with her. You can't reason with a 10-year-old. If she gets to be a teenager, she really can't reason with her. Mm-hmm. You know, don't try. Yeah, if you try to reason it, it won't work. You have to, this is how we're going to do it. Yeah. And if you don't obey, yeah. there's going to be consequences. Yeah, they're, they're 
You can blame it on the internet. We can blame it on whatever. But it's our government that's done this whole deal. Oh, yeah. You can go down there at Walmart, and I, I ain't kidding you. You can go in there, and they may be a four- or five-year-old screaming. You can hear him all the way across Walmart, but you can't touch him. That's right. So that's our government's taking all that away, all the authority. Oh, I, and I agree. I told one time. I said, you're going to get thrown in jail because he whooped Devin right in the middle of Walmart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, our our government, they've taken, they've they've taken that responsibility uh, responsibility away from the parents, and you can't you you know they say the government's now saying that it's child abuse to spank your kids. Well, look where they are. And, and, yeah, exactly. Look where they are. So I mean, and, and the thing is, particularly the fathers, you have to be an example to your kids. Because if you're not, the whole house is just going to go chaotic. The, 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 the father is the head, just as Christ is the head of the church. But both parents need to train up their kids and discipline them when needed. Um, yeah, yeah and, and that's the thing nowadays. It seems like. You know, you've got these kids that are homeless, that don't have parents, or they have just, uh, you know, you got, and I feel, feel really bad for these single mothers. You know, you get these, you get these ladies, young ladies who have kids at a, at a young age, and they got to raise them, they got to play the part of two, and then they don't, they don't even know who their father is. You see, kids need their father and mother both, and if they don't have that, I mean. Just pray and hope that God will get a hold of them because, you know, that's the only way they're going to change. Without that, I mean, they're going to it's it's just going to be a chaotic mess. And, and, and that comes to show with anybody. That's why we need Christ. We need Christ because without him, we're just a chaotic mess, aren't we? What we I, what I have seen is uh, parents passing their kids out mm. in now, what kind of parent is that? You just want to go and box them right in the ear and that, take up for that child. That's one that's frustrated because they can't put their hands on because well, of jail. <laughs> 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 well, it, you know, I, and... I have done that and looked up and Granny would be circling me. I've done that with Noah, our first grandchild. Mm-hmm. Um, he, Michelle's a single mom. She refused to marry the dad because... <laughs> He, I'm glad she didn't marry Anyway, so we, we had his responsibility a lot of raising when he was little. Mm-hmm. And I would spank his butt in public. And I looked up, and there'd be little grannies around me blocking nobody else could see. Mm-hmm. So if that's what it takes. Well, you know, schools used to do that. Schools used to discipline kids like that. Now they can't. Because if teachers even dare to try to do something like that, they're out the door. You're out of a job. I wouldn't teach someone that I couldn't uh, reprimand and correct. Mm-hmm. I would not. It's and it's a big deal. I mean, to train up. I mean, to train up. But I mean, we parents need to train their kids up, and they need to train them up. They may not. The parents don't have to be perfect. But they do need to train them according to the word of God. Because if they're not, then there's an issue. 
and look at look where we're at in society. Thought, see, parents are not parenting. That's the problem. Parents are either they're not parenting because they're just lazy or they're afraid to. Which, what I will say is this: if if you all if, if anyone's afraid of of parenting your kids, don't be afraid. Do what's right in the Lord's eyes. He'll take care of you. Yeah, we need to fear God above man. Yeah. See, the Bible says that the fear of man bringeth the snare, and it does. And it, and I think that principle can re- very well be applied to uh, raising kids. But now we're this this nation's a mess. Our, you know, our society has moved way over there, and we have to stay grounded on the Word of God. When they move, we stand. And um, Exactly. That's the government. And you know, I, I I I tend to think too, like if you do the right thing, like the government through the government's eyes, they'll call child protective services mm-hmm. on you, and they'll have your kids taken away. That's not right. Or even if they suspect it. Oh yeah. They don't have to prove it. Oh yeah, that that's that's true. Even if they even just an inch suspect it, they'll do it. And it's not right. And, th- and see, this is why. Parents have to be grounded in the Word of God, but also the parents need to not just be grounded, but they need to teach their kids and discipline them. Because yeah. that's the only way that our that the next generation will be able to take the Word of God and carry it. Yeah, God starts in our hearts, in our homes, and then it goes out to the church, and then to the area. Yeah. Amen. I agree. All right. So uh, we'll continue on here in verse four. It says, again, and you fathers provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We talked a lot about that. Um, Proverbs 22, six. It says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. You know, I think that was kind of one of David's strengths when it came to Solomon. Sure, Solomon fell away because of his wives. But if you read in Ecclesiastes, you'll notice that Solomon said, everything that I had was vanity. You know, looking back. back, And I tend to think Ecclesiastes is like Solomon's repentance letter. Because he looks back and says, you know, I shouldn't have done that. It's all vanity. But I believe that Solomon is in heaven. I think we'll, I believe we'll see him in heaven. <clears throat> in um, Genesis 18:19 it says, "For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him, and they, she, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of." So that's talking about Abraham and his kids, Abraham and Isaac, and eventually, you know, Jacob. Um, Psalm chapter 78, verses 4 through 5, it says, We will not hide them from their children, shewing to the generation to come 
the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he hath done. For he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel, which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children. You know, that's important too. You know, I think one of the most important things that you can show your children is that God answers prayer. Because if your children are able to see what God does, they have a good chance of getting saved. Exactly. And a father's a father's job, first and foremost, is to being a witness to his own family first. You know, and same thing with the wife. You know, witness to your kids. Because, you know, when your kids when your kids are born, they're born sinners. So eventually when they get to that age of accountability, they're gonna need they're gonna need to get saved. Now, if they die under that age of accountability, we know where they're going. They're going they're going to be with the Lord. But eventually they're gonna know right from wrong, and they need to know that they are in need of a savior. Amen. So like a father is a a shepherd for his family should be a shepherd for his family. Bible says he's that umbrella over it. Yep. Just like you know, a pastor is a shepherd of a church. A father needs to shepherd his house, and that is like the and right and that is the most important thing. And right now, it's a very crucial thing in to in today's society, but not. Many men are willing to step up to be men, you know, and unfortunately, we know with with these single mothers, they have to kind of play two parts. My heart goes out to them. You know, I would rather see a single mother get married and be able to have that child have some sort of father figure in their life than not have one. A father figure is important, just as we have a father figure in whom is Christ and God. Amen? Amen. Um, all right, let's continue on here. It's a good discussion. I like to take the time because... It's good to have these kind of discussions and stuff like that. Amen. All right. Verse, we'll uh, pick up in verse 5 and go through verse 9. It says, Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling and singleness of your heart as unto Christ, not with eye service as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ doing the will of God from the heart with good will with good will doing service as to the Lord and not to men knowing that whatsoever good thing any man doeth the same shall he receive of the Lord whether he be bond or free and he masters do the same thing unto them forbearing Threatening, knowing that your master also is in heaven, neither is there respect of persons with him. Now that is talking about your workplace, your job. 
when we go out to our workplace, we ought to respect and honor our boss because he's the one that we're working under and we ought to we need to you know show him respect um of course there's bosses that are way out there (laughs) but you still need to honor them you could still honor your boss without having to do something to violate god's law and if you disagree with them, go to them privately and tell them why you disagree. Don't just like make a big show of things. Um, Colossians 3, 22 through 23, it says, Servants, obey in all things your masters according to the flesh, not with eye service as men pleasers, but in singleness of heart, fearing God. And whatsoever ye do, do it heartily as to the Lord and not unto men. You know, no matter what you do for work, always remember that what you're doing, you're doing for God. Essentially, that's who you're doing it for. You're not doing it for man. You're doing it for God. And that's not just in the area of work, but that's in any area of your life. Whether it be ministry, whether it be whatever you do around the house, anything. You do for God. Why? Because God has entrusted you with things for you to be a steward over. We're stewards. And that's what we have to we have to be good stewards of what God has given that God has entrusted to our trust. Um I watch so many people try to hide mistakes at work mm-hmm. instead of just being honest about it. Yeah. And Christians are very susceptible to that because we, 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 we do something or we do something stupid that we shouldn't have done. And we tend to, in our, in our flesh nature, we want to cover up and say, who did it? But we have to take ownership. If we, if we screwed up at work and we know we did something to dishonor our boss, we need to, we need to have self-accountability. Which it kind of goes – go and, and taking this kind of back to raising your kids, you know, kids don't – nowadays, it seems like there's very few people that want to have self-accountability because parents don't teach that to their kids anymore. They want to blame it on someone else. I mean take a look at – take a look at Washington. We've got Republicans and Democrats saying they did it. They did it. That doesn't solve anything. You know, we need to have a generation that's not just God-fearing, but a generation that takes self-accountability for what they did. We need to own up to our mistakes and say, "Yeah, we did that. We shouldn't have done that." And that's that. That's kind of that goes in the lines of repentance too. Mm-hmm. When you sin and fall short. Don't go to God and try to sugarcoat it. You go to God and honest, and you you be honest about your sin, because God knows you did it. Why try to hide from it? They confess your sins one to another, so that we might be healed. Yeah, exactly, and and we and and and, and that's why we need to have that self account. We need to hold ourselves accountable for what we did. If we did if we did something, it's not their fault. It's our fault. You know, and I think too, even as even as Christians, 
We tend to do that too, but in a different way. We say, oh, the devil made us do it. Mm-mm. Devil didn't make you do it. Mm-mm. You did it. He enti- he, all he did was tempted you and you, you chose to fall into that temptation. Don't blame Satan for your sin. Because the only person you've got to blame is yourself. I think the devil gets too much credit. Our flesh is what is sinful. Yep. Our just natural flesh. Exactly. Satan may not even be around. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it might be just one of his minions going around trying to prod Jerry. You know, it's I, I, I agree. We we give we as Christians, I think we tend to give. The devil a little bit too much credit than he deserves. He dangles the carrot, but it's up to us whether we decide to take that carrot or not. Exactly, it's all the free, it's all free will. God yeah. is the only one that can be everywhere all the time. I mean, nobody else can. Exactly. I I, I agree, and it's we we have to. I think even as Christians, we ought to. We need to. I think all – no, I'm not saying like all of us as like here, but I think as, as Christians as a whole, I think we need to be – I think we need to do better at that, I think, because – Everybody, wherever you're at. Yeah, and, and especially in front of a lost person mm-hmm. because if, you, if you're in front of a lost person and you don't take self-accountability, they're going to say, what's wrong with that guy? He's a hypocrite. Yeah, he's a hypocrite. And guess what? You just may have cost a, a soul eternity because of that. Which is why we need to be careful how we behave. Not just, I mean, we need to behave in the house of God. That's that's the most important thing. But we also need to learn how to behave in the outside world. We need to learn how to behave in front of a lost person. Because how we live at, does matter. What you say, what you do I mean, the lost are they have they have their eyes looking at you, and they know. And if they if they if they see that you're a hypocrite, they're gonna get turned off and go the other way. And there's no reason to feel guilt when we have an advocate. All we have to do is confess our sin. He is faithful and just to forgive us. Exactly. Even if we're around people that don't believe in God. Maybe they will start believing if they hear you say, well, I, I goofed up. Lord, forgive me for that. Mm-hmm. And if you've wronged someone, especially someone who's lost, it wouldn't hurt to go up to them and say, hey, listen, I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I, I, I'm a Christian. I should have known better. I shouldn't have done that, and I apologize for that. And you know, as long as I was a nurse, my coworkers could tell that there was something different. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Well, and, 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 and that right there, I mean, it may not be right away, but that might that will that will plant stuff in their life to where they might get to a point where they say, Lord, forgive me. I, I need you. Well, it's good to say, well, I'll pray for you. 
but you know that you're able to pray. All you have to do is repent of your sins, and you're able to pray too mm-hmm. for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, sometimes Satan's lying to the other saying, well, he's not going to listen to you. <clears throat> you know, you don't know what they're thinking. Exactly. God knows. And our we, we need to win souls. I mean, and the best way to do it is I is our actions. We could talk all we want, but if our actions don't line up with how we talk, it won't matter to a hill of beans in the end of the day. That's why that's why, you know, how we live. Yeah. And you can talk to you can talk to somebody that you meet and you can talk to your blue in the face. Yep. Mm-hmm. You can talk to that coworker till you're blue in the face. But until they can see that there's something different, they won't be receptive. Exactly. They they want a lost person wants to see I mean if you tell a lost person that you're a Christian, they want to see it. They want to see a change. And they can see stuff like that. And you know you can't hide anything. I mean, they they know whether you're. I mean, a lost person knows whether you're lying to them or not. Well, we're we're supposed to be the light. Yeah. And if we're not the light against the darkness, then you know we've got to get some cleaning up done. Mm-hmm. It goes back to the self accountability. Um, you know, that's that's pretty much what we do when we we when we repent. We yeah. say, Lord, I screwed up. And you're right. That's what they're seeing in you. When they come and ask you to pray for them, they see Christ in you. Yep, exactly. Amen. First um, Timothy chapter six, verse one through two. Let as many servants as as are under the yoke count their own masters worthy of all honor, that the name of God and His doctrine be not blasphemed. And they that believe and they that have believing masters, let them not despise them because they are brethren, but rather do them service because they are faithful and beloved partakers of the benefit. These things teach and exhort. In Titus chapter 2, verse 9 through 10, exhort servants to be obedient unto their own masters and to please them well in all things, not answering again, not prolonging, but chewing all good fidelity, that they may adorn the doctrine of God, our Savior, in all things. And Philemon chapter 1, verse 16, it says, Not not now as a servant, but above a servant, a brother beloved, especially to me, but how much more unto thee, both in the flesh and in the Lord. Um, Matthew sixteen twenty seven. Scroll down here. For the Son of Man shall come in the glory of the Father with his angels, and then he shall reward every man according to his works. See, what you do on this earth has an eternal impact. The question I have is, what impact are you making on people's lives? Are you making a good impact or are you making a a bad impact? Because a bad impact is... The lost looking at you and saying, I don't want anything to do with that. That's a bad impact. A good impact is a lost person looking at you and saying, you know, I don't necessarily agree with you, but I respect you for it. Mm-hmm. 
That's a good impact, and I'll tell you why. Because at least it gets them thinking. And at least that they see your life and they see there's a change in your life and not just a talker, but a talker and a doer. So what you do in this life matters for eternity. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10, it says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in this body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. So whether good or bad, we all, all of us believers have to appear before Christ in judgment to give an account. And we will receive what we will, we will receive what we've done in this body, whether good or bad. Colossians chapter 3, verses 24 through 25. Knowing that the, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance. For ye serve the Lord Christ, but he that doeth wrong shall receive for the wrong which he hath done, and there is no respect of person. Let's see here. Okay. Got a couple more verses and then we'll just kind of close with any ending thoughts and stuff like that, okay? Um, Leviticus chapter 25, verse 43, it says, Thou shalt not rule over him with rigor, but, but shall fear thy God. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 17, For the Lord your God is God of gods and Lord of lords. A great God, a mighty and a terrible, which regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward. In Acts chapter 10, verse 34, it says, Then Peter opened his mouth and said of a truth, I perceive that God is no respect of persons. So, you know, God doesn't favor you over me. No, he loves us all equally. How much more should we be doing that for others? We shouldn't be nitpicky about witnessing to the lost. We shouldn't witness to this lost person and neglect them. Because their condition is the same as their condition. We ought to love the lost equally without showing respect to persons. Because God doesn't show respect to persons to us. A lost person is lost and they need Christ. There's really, there's, there's really only two people in this world, the lost and the saved. Unfortunately, there's a lot more lost than, than, than there are saved. And Jesus says that the harvest is plentiful, but he wants us to pray for workers. Amen? We ought to go out and win the soul. And how do we do that? Well, the biggest thing is in the home. Parents, raise your kids up the right way in the, in the, in the ways of the, of the Lord. Teach them biblical principles. Discipline them when they need to be. Teach them how to teach the men how to serve and love the Lord. Teach the, 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 the ladies how to be how to eventually be a good wife to a husband someday. Raise your kids up the right way. But also not just there, but also being a light. Where you work or wherever it might be. 
Meaning that being being example to others. Don't be a hypocrite. Don't you know? If you if you do something wrong, admit to it. Take self accountability. Amen. Anybody have any uh, anything they'd like to share before we uh, be done today? Any? Discipline your kids so the prison guards don't have to. Yeah, uh, that's true. Um, parents, if you don't discipline your kids, the police will. And that's a very costly. You don't ever want the police to discipline your kids because that will cost you. It's better for you to discipline your kids at home than having the police to do it. Amen. Uh, anybody else have anything else to say before we close? Okay, then uh, I guess we're done. So you're dismissed.